All right, everybody, welcome to episode 120 of A Play on Nerds. Uh, this episode, I'm going to go ahead and title, for the hell of it, Dragons, Thrones, and UFOs. Ooh. I think it's so appropriate. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, and I'm one of your co-hosts, Jarman. Who are you? I'm the other co-host, Steve, and we're going to co-host the hell out of this thing. We sure are. This is kind of a, a nice featureless episode, just a, a three main segments basically we're doing just a lot of getting a lot of bits we've been putting stuff off and holding on stuff we're just doing it yeah just putting all out there in one big old show we can do what the hell we want <laughs> speaking of doing what the hell we want what have you been doing since our last recording which was mario brothers i believe yeah that's right uh i had dungeons and dragons and uh really broke a major mechanic and did something that the manual said your players probably will not do this but if they do blank um and broke the living crap out of an encounter so that was real fun what did you do that broke it so uh you know that grappler character i described on a prior episode i believe so i made a version of him and he is working exactly the way that i wanted um which is against a single target he just it makes it so easy everybody else gets advantage on all their attacks uh He's just wasting the target's action economy. We were going up against a green dragon, Mm -hmm. which I was able to grapple and shove to the ground because I'm very good at what I do. That shouldn't be able Uh, to happen. (laughs) Meanwhile, the rest of the team is just doing incredible damage to it because everybody has advantage that's within five feet. It's working exactly the way I want. Uh, And then the mechanic for the dragon was that under 50%, it is only supposed to flee. (laughs) That's what it's supposed to do is try to get away. So once we got it under 50% health, the mechanic kicked in and he could only try to get away and we ended up getting him. <laughs> but you weren't supposed to be able to kill this green dragon. He's supposed to get away under 99% of circumstances. So do you have ridiculous loot and everything? Oh, uh, we got so much XP. We got <laughs> so much XP and, and leveled up to level four, which I'm excited about. At level three, you killed a green dragon. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Then I'm Fang. He's the, the small green dragon in uh, the beginner campaign, The Lost Minds of Fandelver. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. It's the starter set campaign. Gotcha. Uh, and then Joyce this week, we've, so we've been trying to potty train her for like the last six months and had some victories and some terrible losses. And sometime <laughs> this past week, she just woke up and she's like, I'm going to be a big girl now. And so she just wanted to start wearing her underwear and has done a phenomenal job. That's amazing. And it's like all of a sudden we have a nearly potty trained kid. <laughs> We're out of nowhere. Just like kind of out of nowhere. She, and, and that's the way she's done everything else in her life. She, one day she just decides she's going to do it. And then it just happens. Wow. I mean, I'm like, no complaints there, right? No, no, no. But it's unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on her terms, not on yours. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. She's in control uh, here. Yeah, it's like a hurricane. You just put tape on the windows and you hope it's okay. Lots of duct tape with children. That's right. 
So what have you been up to? <laughs> Actually, I don't recommend that. Don't put duct tape in your children. No, don't do that. Uh, well, in the past, uh, this past week, I've been doing a lot of the Fringe Festival. It's the International Orlando Fringe Festival. Uh, it's for theater. And so a lot of one hour shows, some are half hour, some are over, but typically they're about one hour long. Um, and people come from around the country and around the world to come do these short plays. And a lot of them are raucous and silly and funny. And some of them are very serious. And uh, there's one person shows and all sorts of things. Um, but some of the shows that I've seen, which are really great and very nerdy stuff is, uh, tonight I saw Shakespeare's Terminator, uh, Terminator the second actually. So it's these <laughs> last year, these people did Ghostbusters and basically take real lines of Shakespeare dialogue and they make it into the story of Ghostbusters the first time. And then this time Terminator two, um, wow. and somehow they found a guy who's a amateur slash pro wrestler, um, to play the Terminator. And he wasn't a bad actor either. And he was Wow, like reciting job. Shakespeare and also kicking a lot of ass with swords and knives and stuff. And it was pretty amazing. Uh, other play I saw was uh, a one man Star Wars trilogy. Uh, this guy has toured the country at the show doing big houses, small theaters. Um, and apparently he also performed at Skywalker Ranch in front of George Lucas Ooh. and his staff. Um, and he does basically the first original trilogy uh, movies, four, five and six, So four, five, six. Yeah. Okay. And he does it all by himself with just his voice. And he has a microphone, like a, a lavalier mic on his face, kind of like a face mic and does all the sound effects and the voices and lots of movements for the spaceships and stuff. He's probably like 45 year old guy, but he was it was the best show. It was fantastic. So. A lot of stuff like that. Fringe festivals. If you have one near you, try to check it out. Um, we had some, one people come all the way from Vancouver, uh, all the way to wow. to Florida, and they drove here. And oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, they did a show called Pack Animals, where it was uh, basically two Canadian style Girl Scouts uh, who get lost in the woods, and they're kind of it's all a show about feminism, but it's really funny. Uh, they were at one point trying to make a fire. And a guy in the audience who was obviously like a plant, but he comes up and he's like, whoa, 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 you guys trying to make a fire. Let me show you how to do this. I I mean, I'm a man. I can teach you how to do this kind of thing. And they stop him. And then one girl pulls out a ukulele out of nowhere and they start singing a song about mansplaining. And it was just really kind of, it was cute. <laughs> so that kind of thing. So it was really enjoyable. Oh, that sounds fun. Absolutely. So I guess that might take us on from our updates to some nerdy news. Nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy News. What you got for us this week, Steve? So this week I've got a cheeky name for my story as always, and that is Sony's got a brand new bag of money. (laughs) Uh, So Sony has announced and officially launched a PlayStation Productions. Hmm. Uh, a studio that is going to be devoted solely to converting uh, one of their more than a hundred original properties uh, for movies and television. I see. Well, now that we have a better shot actually getting a good video game movie, (laughs) they're taking the approach that Marvel has with making their own movies in house and the success they saw with that. And they're hoping that they might be able to turn around the movie genre and use all this, these great properties they have. Very cool. So that means that we could be looking forward to, uh, old classics like Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. Soul Blade, Spyro, and NFL Game Day '97. <laughs> <laughs> but you're forgetting one big one, Parappa the Rapper. Oh man, no for that could movie. Forget, could could forget Parappa the <laughs> Rapper. Say that three times fast. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft's also getting in the game where they have they're working in tandem with production companies. 
Uh, they've got a uh, Gears of War film brewing up over at Universal. That can make sense. Warner Bros. is working on a, a Minecraft movie. And Showtime is in has a Halo series in the works. They've been talking about a movie for Halo forever. So Yeah, I think series is better, though. Yeah, I, I mean, they even had a series in development, I think, but I, just, I think it never went anywhere. So that's, that's great. Yeah, just like everything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so uh, Sony's got a brand new bag of money. <laughs> of money uh my new story is something that we posted on our page um is that robert pattinson is most likely not completely confirmed yet but mostly confirmed playing the next batman and this is very confusing amongst a lot of things because ben affleck was on but then he left then he came back then he was just going to direct the next batman movie then he quit that entirely and then matt reeves who did all the um uh the the What's the, the ape movies? Planet of the Ape movies. Um, he is now yeah. set to direct. Um, good director, great movies. Uh, yeah, I trust him then. Uh, and I think Robert. It's strange because Robert Pattinson, you would think, would be getting all this ire on the internet for being next Batman. But fans, I've seen, I've looked actively for people to be naysaying this, and they're not. They're like, you know what? I think you might be okay. <laughs> so I think at this point they've been jerked around so much they're willing to say, yeah, fine, just whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We didn't believe in Michael Keaton either. So, and the confusing part though, is where this is going to fall in any kind of coherent timeline, because we have the older Batman and they're not rebooting the whole franchise. So is he going to be the same character? Will it be a prequel? Will it be a different guy? Not Bruce Wayne. Um, Could it be the tie in that's going to end up in whatever the Joker universe they're doing is with Joaquin? I've heard that one doesn't even tie into anything. So I know, but if it, if it turns out great, there's no way they're not going to try to capitalize on it. I mean, and they very well could because of the multiverse aspect they could do with Flash and, you know, the time they can do whatever they want. Crisis of multiple Earths kind of thing. They um, have no shame left. They just want your money. Yeah. And that, that Joker movie actually looks pretty good. So, um, yeah, it's what they should have done first. They should have had a better Joker off the get go. Jared Leto. Hey, Jared Leto. <laughs> Is a person and he's damaged. It's written right there on his forehead. <laughs> but what do you think of Robert Pattinson playing Batman? I don't, I don't even know what to say. He's the next in a long line at this point. It feels like a joke. It doesn't carry the prestige of James Bond. Mm. That's what we tried to compare it to. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we could try to compare it to, but you can't because James Bond has gone through evolutions and gotten better. And Batman has just basically been downhill. And each James Bond typically lasts like at least 10 years. Whereas, you know, Batman's have been thrown around <laughs> like, like grains of sand. I don't know. It's just so yeah. many of them. Um, and that's one thing that I think that DC is never going to be able to do is that, you know, Marvel has built this universe and they've got it unified and they can't, DC can't seem to figure out what they want to do. Yeah, they're all over the place. The unified universe hasn't worked for them, so now they're they're like scrambling. Even their TV universe, which they had mostly figured out, they then branched off and had like the Krypton Kryptonian show, and they have like all these other things that aren't in the same universe. Gotham, um, and each one of those shows can be good in their own right, but then they're just not mixed together in the same universe. Cloak and Dagger, uh, or Cloak and Dagger Marvel, I can't remember. But you know what? I would love for I here, just like. Uh, you know, I remember one of my acting coaches in, in college always told us this, is that when you're auditioning and you're sitting and watching auditions, you want the next person to be the last person you have to see that day. I remember hearing that too, that same advice. They want you to be good. 
they want you to be awesome. Like they are expecting you to be awesome. So be awesome. So like, I would love for him to be great and then make five great Batman movies and just fuck the rest of the uh, universe stuff that we, that's all failed. Fuck it. Yeah. None of it worked, but I would love for this to be great. Do I think it's gonna be great? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to be wrong. Now I would say that, uh, just like with Christian Bale's casting, he, they've casted a serious actor and he's actually, if you look past Twilight, he's actually a really good actor, very serious, not a lot of indie films. He can really pull that off. Um, I don't know why they have to keep casting British people. You know how small compared to the world's population that Great Britain is? And we have 300 million people in the United States and they continually cast our seminal characters that were created in America with Brits. And Australia. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I was about to say, sometimes we cast Australia. <laughs> yeah, and like our our most famous uh, Canadian uh, mutant, Wolverine, casted by an Australian. <laughs> like, can we get some North Americans here? Come on. Nah. Uh, it's upsetting. I mean, nothing against Robert Pattinson, but there's plenty of American actors that can pull this we off. We ain't got no talents left. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it pisses me off. So that's my news. Robert Pattinson's Batman. We'll see where it goes. Neither of us are disappointed or upset or happy about it. We're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I hope it's good. It probably won't be. And what's our next segment going to be? Our next segment is uh, something I've been promising and I mentioned on last episode for Quirky Neuron, Dopey Dungeons and Dragons. Let the Dungeons and the Dragons begin. It's d and Fight with the legends of yore. It's d and all right, mom, you can go and do something now. <laughs> Come back in a few minutes. Absolutely. So what's the segment about, by the way? Oh, Dopey Dungeons and Dragons. For those who have not joined us before, I use uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5e system and design pop culture characters uh, and take suggestions from our audience and have done a few good ones. And this most recent one suggested by our listener quirky neuron who may be having a baby like right now that's true congratulations They're by right. the way if congratulations you have. quirky neuron we're happy for you to listen to this maybe in a month or two when you get a little bit of your sanity back <laughs> uh, but here it is v for vendetta v the character uh, as always i'm going to do a level seven character because that's really when you can mix and match and have some fun gotcha uh, so you don't, and I looked this up online to see maybe in the graphic novel, but you never know V's real background or, or who he was. You find out like fake backgrounds, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and like hints. So I, that's where I got to take a lot of liberties. And so what I did is I made him, he's an entertainer background hmm. and he, he started out as a bard. That makes he sense. was in the theater and a performer. Uh, and that is why he was targeted by the government mm. and taken in because he was a creative degenerate. Uh, and that's when he turned rogue. So I've got three levels of bard, four levels of rogue. That makes total sense. Um, so he's a human variant. Variant, you can invest in a lot of different things. Alert or the actor feat, which allows him to copy voices and work with his disguise stuff. A lot of good choices with the variant. Uh, background entertainers, I mentioned. Uh, the bard, you can inspire others. Very much like V inspired, you know revolution right um he's from the college of swords which allows him to do blade flourishes and it also yes. explains his ability with the rapier 
that he demonstrates most of the time. And with that, you get spells like uh, Vicious Mockery, which works perfectly for V. <laughs> uh, and Disguise Self and Enhance Ability and Enthrall and allow him to captivate and charm. And what does Vicious Mockery do again? People. It makes them like cower because they're just depressed. You, you can insult them and it puts a disadvantage on them. <laughs> they become self-conscious, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then Rogue. Uh, his expertise with daggers and dual wielding. Uh, I think that there's a fun flavor opportunity here because uh, Rose get thieves can't, which is a like thief and underground type only special secret language. Yeah. That's the like whole a- thing is that it takes four times as long to say something because you have to see, speak through this code. And I think that that could very easily be flavored as his V's crazy alliteration rants. <laughs> yes. Which are so fantastic. Which are fantastic, but take four times as long to say something. <laughs> like get to <laughs> the you, point. There's a great flavor opportunity there for the rogue. <laughs> that guys. makes a lot of sense. Um, and then he get um forgery and disguise kit, mm-hmm. um, proficiencies, and then the archetype I took was mastermind. Uh, uh yes, he is a planner, and uh, the mastermind gets to use help as a bonus action from thirty feet away. So from 30 feet away, if you can justify it, you can help a teammate and give them advantage on their attack. Ah. So all about him inspiring those around him. And then the next task would be to make the Natalie Portman character. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. That's lame. <laughs> I already did this one. I make her an assassin. Not a lot of charisma, but just a lot of. Uh, tech yeah. Oh, and he's an entertainer because he plays the violin and I get a fr- and you get a free instrument proficiency. So why not? <laughs> He plays the violin. Yeah. It makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, all right. Well, that was V for Vendetta, and that's been Dopey Dungeons and Dragons. If you, our listeners, have more suggestions, send them on in, write them on Facebook or Twitter, or email us at dopeydungeonsanddragons at playunders.com, and uh, I'll find a way to make them. Fantastic. It was a lot of fun. All right. So that brings us now to preternatural penetration. <laughs> All right, so I have a surprise for our audience and for Steve. Oh, uh, shit. It's going to be interesting. All right, so for those of you who may not know, we haven't done this segment in a long time. This is where me, Jarman, long, long time. talks about uh, a paranormal story that I've heard or that I know about and give Steve all the details and see what he thinks about the realism of this event or the truthfulness behind it. Uh, he and played- I tell Jarman why, why he's full of shit. He plays the Scully to my molder, basically. Yes. So I wanted to announce that this may be the very last preternatural penetration. Aww. The reason being is that I'm starting to lose faith in my entire oh, interest in the paranormal. You don't want to believe. <laughs> yes, let the hatred fill you. So this segment is going to be, there's going to be something to this because step by step, the bricks of my beliefs have been pulled down over and over again until I'm starting to lose faith in my supernatural humanity. Um, so starting off origins of Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot starts off with the origins of myth with uh, native Americans. It goes back thousands and thousands of years, um, an animal man, a, a monkey man, an ape man, um, that had, you know, magical abilities. Sometimes he was good. Sometimes he was a bad omen. Sometimes he would kill people. Sometimes he would feed the village. Um, so then, you know, us terrible colonizers come here and we kind of hear these myths and sometimes see things in the woods. 
And then the 60s, late 60s, I think we talked about the case of the Patterson footage. Uh, it's this guy, Roger Patterson, who coincidentally, now that I've done more research in this guy and people have things have come out over time. He was making a film about Bigfoot and doing making a book. And suddenly he happens to have the right camera, the right situation to get the perfect Bigfoot footage out in the woods. And so later on, at least one person, if not two or three, have come out and say they were the guy in the suit that was in that footage. So that's the Patterson-Gimlin footage? Patterson-Gimlin footage. Which we have talked about it on a prior. On a prior preternatural penetration, yeah. I, I believe so, yes. So that image on that film, coincidentally as well, becomes what everyone else seems to see as Bigfoot from then on. Had not always been what they saw before. Uh, the different myths and legends stuff didn't exactly fit that creature, but now they've seen that image. So that's what it happens to look like going forward. Then we go on to Loch Ness Monster. Uh, it was a myth and legend in Gaelic lore out there in um, in Scotland. I don't know if that's, maybe that's not Gaelic, but for also thousands of years, there being a creature out in those waters and waters around Scotland. Um, and so one day, some people saw walk, a creature walking across the street, they said. Uh, nothing to do with the lake nearby. Uh, or And then later on. This guy takes this famous picture that becomes the touchstone of the entire phenomenon that later on became the modern Loch Ness Monster mythology and what it looks like with the crooked neck and the kind of plesiosaur appearance, coincidentally. And then later on, his family reveals that it was all a hoax. And they even talk about the thing that he built to put in the water to take a picture of. Uh, hmm. And also modern technology has been used to thoroughly scan every inch of the lock with this technology has become cheaper and easier to use. That something of that size would be nearly impossible to hide. Is there room for the possibility that could be in caverns under the water? Sure, but that's very unlikely. And then we go on to ghosts, psychics, religion, and any other spiritual phenomenon, which I lump all into the same kind of category. Uh, yeah, it's because ghosts aren't real. And neither is religion. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but so when it comes down to it, no conclusive evidence has ever been produced of any of these things. Any of them. No conclusive evidence. You can have faith in something. You can have a belief that you're a psychic. You can have a belief you saw a ghost. You might have seen something. We don't know what you saw. But there has been no thing that has come through. And most things, like especially when it comes to psychics and like psychic powers, and it's almost always been proven to be a hoax. Or thanks to James Randi, I think I've also talked about in this podcast, who had for decades this uh, thing where he'd give, I think, $500,000 or maybe just hundred grand to the first person who could prove with scientific studies that they had psychic powers. He would give you $100,000. Oh, I've seen his videos. He's great. He's fantastic. I get to see him at Dragon Con, thankfully, because he's getting quite old these days. He might not be around much longer, but he he's was. In all the videos I saw of him, and they're all from the 70s. Yeah, he looked Holy old crap. back then. <laughs> and he actually famously, when gay marriage was legalized, he came out and said he's been with the same partner for years, and they're finally getting married. And um, oh, it, was, it was really nice. But anyways, you should watch videos online. Look up James Randi Psychic Test. And um, he was on TV a bunch, like Johnny Carson, a lot of other shows. And he'd have these people who had psychic powers and they'd, they'd exhibit their psychic power on TV and everyone would clap and be all amazed. And then he said, OK, now we're going to put the scientific conditions so we can monitor what you're doing and and try to prove that you're not faking this. One of the famous ones, the guy who would go up to a piece of paper and he'd move his hands around and the page of a, of a phone book would, would just move on its own and open. And it's like, wow, impressive. He's like, OK, so what we're going to do is put a bunch of very light styrofoam all around the phone. Yeah, book. Like packing peanuts. Yep. Packing peanuts. And he's like, okay, that's all we're going to do. Everything else is the same. So just now we want you to move the page to the book. And if the packing peanuts all blow away, <laughs> we know that you're using your nose to blow the page. And he's like, <laughs> so he walks up to the thing, 
three times like oh i can't do it the condition's not right the light is uh making static uh with the, the packing peanuts and it makes it so i can't blow the page I'm like, or i cannot blow the page and i can't move the page he's like okay well you don't get the money sorry buddy you can't prove that you're not faking it um yeah. in so many other cases so as soon as there is evidence that shows i'm proud just like james randy to test anything like the power of prayer um crystals uh if you can prove in some kind of scientific way that they're working or prove with any kind of repeated instances that they work um, on a regular basis, then I'll believe it. But otherwise, that's all kind of out with the bathwater for me. Um, now, we get to the last point is UFOs and alien phenomenon. That is the one that okay. I can more easily hold on to as having some kind of hope of being interesting, at least as far as um, the evidence goes. Um, but also because it's so wide reaching UFOs and abductions. And it's not just like one monster in a lake or Bigfoot in the forest. It's like, a whole range of phenomenon and things we don't understand. Um, so it's kind of hard to just blanketly say that's all bullshit. You know, I think you're kind of with me on that too, as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, as far as the government conspiracy stuff, you know, mathematically there's a good, there's a chance but that we're not alone in the universe. We're yeah. not alone. Um, but the chances of us in the civilization either getting to a point where we could visit each other is questionable at best the fact that from a universal scale if we exist at the same time would then be another variable yeah you know with all so the billions of years chance, in the past but but the, the chance that chance is slim and crazy that's true um, um i think what's recently made me have this whole breakdown was that i had heard of this guy named stan romanek who is questionable in the ufo community field because he's made a lot of claims about abductions and photographs and videos he's taken um, so they have a Netflix documentary um, called Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. And I was like, that's weird. I never heard of that being on Netflix. And it's pretty new. So I watch it and it gets all the way to the end of this really incredulous stuff that he's saying that he did. And it says Stan Romanek in 2017 was arrested for having child pornography on his computer. <laughs> oh. But like, of course, those things don't coincide that, you know, that he might not have had an experience just because he's also a child pornography guy. But um, it just reminded me of all the people that I've seen over the years in the UFO field also who have been hoaxers. They turn out to be scamming people. Oh, absolutely. Just building a cult of personality around them that they wanted to believe they were some UFO abductee who's special for some reason. So that people started following them like they were cult leaders. And it just all comes across as bullshit to me. And so much of the. UFO phenomena also can be explained away from government vehicles that they didn't know existed before, like the stealth bomber, especially back in the 50s. We had the stealth bomber for like a two decades before the entire country knew about it. So when they saw a stealth bomber in the air, it's a triangle weird craft and it looks incredible. They've never seen anything like it in their entire lives. Right. That's a UFO. So they're just but there's also just a lot of interesting cases. Bob Lazar is an interesting guy um, who makes all these yeah, claims. Robert Laser, we've talked about him. What was that? Robert Laser. Robert Laser. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of interesting <laughs> claims and he's never he's never really tried to get fame and fortune, never wrote a book, never tried to go to a lot of conventions or that kind of thing. Um, but he has all these claims that kind of ruined his life. And but he never tried to make it public at first, and they forced him to go public with his name. Um, and and he seems very stable, very smart. So when people like that come forward and it's about something like UFOs, that could be very possible. Uh, it's interesting to me, but as far as everything else, I just kind of sadly lost a lot of faith in any of it being even remotely real. And I'm really sad about it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's my depressing preternatural penetration. 
I think there is there is some argument to be made for cryptozoology, but that's pretty thin. Yeah, like unknown creatures that we don't know about yet. Sure, that's there's some and, places know, in the world we can't thought see. to be extinct or rumored things that ended up being real. Those things have happened, and cryptozoological creatures have become real, but those are far and few between. Yeah, like the I think the Tasmanian tiger is a big one right now. There's having a lot of sightings right now because of more trail cams and. Um, they think it's not extinct and it's a really cool looking animal, Tasmanian tiger. Um, yeah, yeah. but that's, it's a pretty cool predator. It's big enough that it's strange. That we haven't seen around. it, you know? Yeah. Or just numbers are so small that the density and chance of seeing one just becomes so low. Exactly. For a couple decades. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but for the most, you know, I'm with you, Nessie and Bigfoot. No, it's just, there hasn't, there's no reason at this point with our current technology that we wouldn't be able to find these creatures. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, especially the yeah. Pacific Northwest. It's not the Amazon man. Like <laughs> you can find stuff out there. <laughs> it's like, uh, so, like that. but that hurt me to make this segment. Cause I was just like, damn it. <laughs> I want right, to believe well, the these death things. of preternatural penetration. <laughs> but there might be more in the future. Might be UFO related. Maybe if a good case comes out, cause there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the government with um, wanting to reveal that they have organizations that are researching this right now. So who knows? Something in the future might pop up. I'll be excited. So that takes us now, I think, to a a segment that's going to have this in it. Spoilers. (laughs) That's right. Spoilers. Specifically for my wife. Spoilers. (laughs) She's going to love that. She's definitely not going to kill me. So if you have not seen the final episode of Game of Thrones and do not want to be spoiled, then you might want to skip ahead, like maybe... 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, probably. It's going to be a minute. Uh, but what do we got to talk about first? So first, German, play that music. <laughs> it's game day, folks. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this is our Game of Thrones draft final update. Yes. I need to look at and the actual boy, sheet. It was a doozy. Oof, I even checked the sheet yet. So my goodness, oh, man. who it died was, in this last was, episode? Okay, so episode. So we went into episode five and six with Jarman a couple points ahead. Mm. Uh, but Jarman, episode five, you took some heavy losses. Oh, shit, did I? You had both Cersei and Jamie, which I was not sure how it was going to pay off for you. But man, you took a hit. And they both went down episode five, buried under rubble. That's right. Uh, you and I both took a loss, though, because I had the Hound, you had the Mountain, and they both went down in Clegane Bowl. Right. So we went into episode six, all tied up, seven, seven. Oh, wow. And I remember looking over at Anna about halfway through the episode, and I said, man, do you think anyone's, anyone's going to die? And we'll just tie? <laughs> and I was like, we just tie, and that's it? Uh, but with a late break, Jarman, you took a hit, and Daenerys. Dead. Dead taking me up seven and you six and i win it oh man by a point by a point by a point just because of daenerys is she the only person who died in the last episode yeah that's it wow crap so jarman still left alive at the end you had sansa gray worm brienne of tarth Bronn of the blackwater and ghost right uh, and me at the end, I had Tyrion, Jon Snow, Davos Seaworth, Tormund Giantsbane, Podrick Payne, Drogon, and Nymeria. And we uh, should say, folks, we picked teams. Uh, it took turns picking people. So this isn't exactly where we chose 
everyone we thought was gonna be alive everyone we thought was dead we had to like be stuck with who was left at the end so yeah it was uh, and it the was important thing is that i won <laughs> that's the important thing i mean of all the lessons we're gonna learn here now i was in a deadpool with my uh uh, my other friends that watch the show and I had to see how I fared with that because I didn't check the scores yet, but it, it'll be interesting. I get, to, I get to win a hand of the King pin. If I win. So I'm excited. Ooh. We'll see if it happens. It's gold. Uh, so now let's talk just generally. What did you think of these last two episodes? Um, I am of the opinion that they weren't that bad. <laughs> I felt like, so this is how I imagined uh, DB Vice and David Benioff meeting the writers like, a year and a half ago, the writers. And they like, Oh man, it's so good. How was your summer vacation? Oh, mine was great. Awesome. And then they're like, Oh, you know what? We have to kill Daenerys this season. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's what we got to do. It's awesome. And they high five. <laughs> and then they took a couple deep breaths and they both looked at each other blankly and went, Oh, how are we going to do that? And then they came up with the worst way to tank a beloved character in five episodes that I could possibly imagine. I love how broy they sound. Oh man, I can't imagine them. Oh man, bro, bro, we gotta kill Daenerys, bro. <laughs> well, one of them, their only other writing credit was Wolverine Origins, so I don't trust them that much. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. Well, your first point, I totally disagree with because. And my, and I don't blame you for having that opinion because a lot of people in my friend groups have have said that same thing. Smart people, people I you know believe in, but I'm just saying that they've shown us over and over again that this woman is terrible with her judgment calls. She does not know what to do ever. Her first instinct is always to kill everyone, and her counselors always to say, "Hey, let's not do that. Let's back it off a bit." And every single time, she's like, "All right, fine, this time," and then. When she finally does just let loose because she's not around any of her counselors, she's on her dragon, feeling the power and feeling pissed because of her friend Masandre. Masande, I don't know. Uh, she goes and burns everybody because no one's there to tell her stop. Um, and I was not surprised in the slightest. And it felt completely within her character and her family. I just don't. I don't. I think that she that the episode could have happened and she still could have burned King's Landing. And the, everything would have felt completely justified if they had changed one small thing. What's that? And that's the bells ring. She shows mercy and goes and lands somewhere. And then Cersei, in one final act of defiance, somehow tries to kill her one last time. So she gets to do the right thing and show mercy. Cersei then like blows up some dragon fire and tries to kill her or the last remaining ballista takes aim at the dragon or some shit well if you saw i mean eagle-eyed viewers might have seen this but as she's blowing up buildings with the dragon fire a bunch of the buildings blow up separately with green fire so yeah, basically there's caches of dragon fire all over king's landing i mean people have said that that would have been a great thing they could have expressed a little better was that that basically is saying that Cersei was planning on blowing up the city anyway if she didn't get it for herself. Um, but I don't know if that's what they were going for. But it looked like that Maybe was the- in the in the book and I think in the movie. There's like little hidden stashes under all sorts of parts of the city. Huh. Okay. So, so it wasn't like purposeful. They, and and so much that that they've lost track of where they all are. Because that was an odd thing to include if they didn't have a purpose. I thought that was strange. Like I thought. Right. That I, that- I just I I think that. Danny could have gone to show mercy. Cersei, in one final act of defiance, because that's the other thing, I feel like Cersei kind of laid down. I think she was finally terrified. She ran. 
Yeah, and I get that. And they really showed her being stripped away. And at the end, she was just a scared mother worried about her future child, just like the the, the scared mothers in the street we saw. If you believe she ever actually Early. was pregnant. I think she probably was. I don't know. Not that it matters now. <laughs> it might have been some sort of demon goat baby or something, but I think she was pregnant. <laughs> One of those black ghost babies. Um, so I just, I felt like Danny's turn for me wasn't justified. I wish there had just been a little bit more to drive her there. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit more to push her there. Yeah. Cause it didn't really make a lot of sense at, I agree with that moment. Suddenly her going insane. Cause she, yeah, I see her going nuts when Masande is, is decapitated in front of her. But then at that moment she had won. And so why was she suddenly pissed off into going mad? There, yeah. There wasn't really a good inciting incident at that very moment. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. And I think to myself, the perfect inciting incident would have been if uh, Rhaegal, the other dragon, had not been killed, what, an episode ago? Randomly earlier, ago. yeah. Randomly earlier. They make it, they tear up King's Land together, take out all the ballistas, the bells ring. Daenerys sets down to look upon King's Landing that now belongs to her, and then a, the, one of the, a hidden ballista rings out and kills Rhaegal. And it could have been the uh, Topic pirate guy who did it. Yeah. And then like, all of a sudden, bam, inciting incident, she cracks in that moment and goes crazy. And it would show that Cersei had made the mistake of like somehow trusting this stupid pirate guy, and he ruins everything by after the bells ring, shooting down Rogal or Regal, and then yeah. yeah, causing the insanity. That would that would be but, cool. Yeah, but but yeah, there just wasn't a triggering incident, and all we got was bells ringing, and then she went nuts. Yeah, didn't um, quite work. And then episode six. I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. There were a lot of really nice kind of bows tied up on people and stories more than I thought that we would get in this kind of show. Right. They did fairly well with that. I thought, but at the same time, it felt really bad for them to do like a three month time jump in the last third of the episode. I mean, mean, I'm glad we had an epilogue. I'm glad that kind of happened. Kind of. I'd be feel kind of like left if it left adrift if they didn't, I know what happened to everybody. Yeah, and I mean, you get some really great just positions and thinking about like where people started versus where they ended up. You've got Sam, who like abandoned son of a high lord, who sent off to spend the rest of his days on the wall, is now the archmeister and on the small council. Well, they did say it's weird. He kept saying the archmeister said this, so like I think he's not the archmeister, but he's, uh, still, so he's maybe he's in meister in training, but he's on the small council. Either way, right. he's on the small council, right? Something like that. Uh, Lady Brienne, who the first time we met her, she was fighting for the right to protect the king and then ends up with her being the head of the king's guard. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Davos C- Seaworth, born in Flea Bottom, rough youngster turned smuggler, ser- has served four different rulers Stannis, Jon Snow, Daenerys, and now Bran the Broken, uh, is now the master of ships. Which I, I thought that was great. Uh, Sansa who in the very first episode said that all she wanted to do was be queen is now now queen queen. of the North and Bran. This is the one that breaks me the most. And I can't believe I didn't see it coming. A boy who we literally thought was dead at the end of the first episode. Oh, it's right. It's now is now King of the seven kingdoms, the six kingdoms. Oh, right. The six kingdoms. (laughs) Uh, Arya gets to go and discover what's West of Westeros. That was my favorite part because I'm like, ooh, does that mean spinoff show? 
So then, yeah, that, that's my next thing is, uh, oh, the possibility of spinoffs have all come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think West of Westeros is not only a brilliant name for a show. Oh, it is. That's great. But, uh, <laughs> they would only have to pay Maisie Williams. She's the only big headliner they would have to secure as far as like budgetary. Right. And then they could make her go on like Gulliver's Adventure or Lilliputian style adventures. And you could have like other magical creatures. Uh, and yeah, all races. the crazy stuff there, and exactly, and 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 a whole new cast of people you don't have to pay as much. That's true. Uh, another one I think would be maybe okay would be the Unsullied, mm-hmm. because you only have one face actor, Grey Worm, in the whole cast of them. He's the only one you have to secure. That you know they're on their way to Noth to like free enslaved people and protect people, and kind of carry on Daenerys's legacy in that respect. That'd be kind of a boring show, though. A bunch of emotionless Unsullied. Yeah, none of them got balls or anything. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, which I'm not sure, is uh, Jon Snow and the Wildlings. Yeah. Because where are they going? I guess there's nowhere else yeah, to go. They can't him go. And Tormund Giants Bane, who are the only two face characters. Mm-hmm. So you could fill in the cast with whoever you needed. Maybe it's them about finding other ancient evils. Maybe they make it to the land of Neverwinter and they get to. We get more information about the White Walkers finally. Because so they they try to explain the White Walkers, right? Because they showed us making the first one. Yeah, kind of. So we know how the first we know one that came they out. have a palace and they may have some sort of society. So they're not all dead, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Because we know that they have youth because we he, they show him converting a baby. But when the Night King died, they all seemed to just shatter and collapse. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? I just say, like, you know who knows what gates they can open up if they desire a spinoff enough. Right. But I'm totally down for West of Westeros with Arya Stark. West of Westeros. That's my hope with the woman of many faces. <laughs> that could be fantastic. <laughs> Which she didn't use that power once this season. I know. And I was, I was really hoping that felt lame that Jon Snow. I said this before the episode started. I was like, Jon Snow is going to kill Daenerys, but then Arya will take her place with her face. And she could rule the seven kingdoms as Arya Stark, but pretending to be Daenerys. And I'd be like, that'd be badass. <laughs> but they didn't go there. <laughs> no, they did not. No, they did not. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for Game of Thrones for a, you know, a year and a half, probably. Yeah, until we get some spinoffs. Uh, so we can continue to speculate. We can continue to reread the books. And maybe a new one will come out. Eventually. Uh, but that's all. That's all from Game of Thrones, which is kind of crazy to think about. It is. So that takes us to some trailer reviews. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. To burn it, Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. So I have to mention that uh, my girlfriend, Kate, listened to our podcast again recently. And she's like, oh, I keep meaning to mention to you that the trailer reviews intro is just like 
a couple of old men with their these platitudes that no one uses anymore. <laughs> she was like, you could really like liven that up and make it more modern. It three just, years ago. <laughs> we, maybe we should soon. But it was just funny. Like, I, I, was, I was like, yeah, we do use a lot of old phrases and stuff that no one uses. Yeah, but we've been doing that since we were in high school. So that's no different now. <laughs> that's true. We've always been a couple of old men in certain ways. So but it was. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Well, thank you. So, that's what I aim for. But she listens to a lot of episodes. So that's great. So what do we got up next? Uh, so we got two horror films this oh. week to talk about. And the first one is It Chapter 2. And I have not seen these yet, folks. I'm going to be watching them live with you on the podcast. But you can't see anything, so I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're both six minutes long. So no. <laughs> hope you have comfortable pants on. Comfortable pants. All right, here we go. Here's It Chapter 2. Yes. May I help you? I used to live here. Won't you come in? It's the least I can do. Is it like you remember? Cleaner. Well, you feel free to look around while I get the water boiling. Your hair is a winter fire. January embers. My heart burns there The old lady's staring at Jessica Chastain. Oh. There you go. Thank you. Now some music. She stepped on a Lego. <laughs> I do apologize. It gets so very hot here this time of year. She flies in the window. Well, you feel like you could just about die. <laughs> but you know what they say about Derry? Hmm. No one who dies here ever really dies. Now the old lady is staring creepily at Jessica Chastain for a long time. Really long time. <laughs> but tell me, so how long is I wait for people to get my jokes. <laughs> it's good. Strange. Strange? Oh my. Oh. The old lady has a scars in her chest like she's I had some dead. cookies in the oven before you came. Stay right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm going to... No, 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 no. I insist. Your photos are lovely. Miss Kirsch, are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? My father joined the circus. Oh, the lady creeps around the corner. She's naked now. Her father is Pennywise. Oh, she's naked now. That's creepy. Oh, boy. I was always daddy's little girl. Hey, she must be making pasta. What about you? Are you Cookies. still his do. little girl, Beverly? Are you? Ooh. This means not Pennywise. That's not begun. great. Yeah. We can do this, but we have to stick together. Oh, Bill Hader's in this. Hello. Well, I'm into it. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Is that for you? Oh, yeah. The first one was great. I'm so excited for this one. I mean, I haven't read the books, but 
yeah, this trailer looks astounding. And the first movie was so well put together that I'm, I think it'd be better than the books. <laughs> and this has Stephen King's endorsement. So that's enough for me because he hates most of the stuff. Does he? Does he hate most of the films that get created? He really does not care for a good chunk of them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I mean, just the actors uh, in this too, like um, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Jessica Chastain. Um, all right. So two shut up and take my money. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, go see it, folks. Watch the trailer without our commentary. What's our next movie? Our next movie is called Crawl. I know absolutely nothing about this, so I'm just going to let it play. Hope we're excited. The state of Florida has issued a Category 5 hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. I can distract them for you. You got this! You need to go now. I'm not leaving you here! Alligator eggs. Uh Uh-oh. Always want to taunt your alligators when they're attacking. That's the best idea. That's right. <laughs> uh, this one, uh, like an alligator attack film by Sam Raimi. I'll take it. But he's not directing it, apparently. Someone named Alexandra Aha. His stamp on it is enough for me. <laughs> so the first thing I noticed is that I'm so disillusioned by the inequality of Hollywood that usually the male lead in films is with a very much younger woman. So mm-hmm. this woman's probably in her mid twenties and her dad could be maybe late forties. Um, and he, she's calling him her dad. I'm like, Oh wait, that's her dad. That that feels like it should be just like the male, like romantic <laughs> interest. <laughs> it's so bad, but he's, yeah, it's realistic at least in that regard. Yeah. Um, they good. They did the right thing. Yeah. So big hurricane, um, lots of water, killer alligators during a flood. And they're going to drown or get eaten. Oh, man. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. This gets a give it a buck for me. If it shows up on cheap rentals on iTunes or maybe a red box, I will definitely pick it up and enjoy this at home. Same thing. Give it a buck. I always love cheesy horror flicks, and it seems like it's self-aware enough to be fun. So go for it. Check out the trailer. Uh, And 
Now this brings us to some radical recommends. So radical. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So talking about Sam Raimi, I have two radical recommends. The first is a movie I kind of forgot existed. Hmm. Uh, and that is, it's a movie called Indian Summer. I've heard of that. Uh, it is the who's who of what the hell happened to them. <laughs> you have Alan Arkin in there. Nice. Uh, Diane Lane, Bill Paxton, Elizabeth Perkins from from Big, Kevin Pollock, who's had a crazy career, um, and a bunch of other people that you'll recognize and go, oh, it's her. She did that other movie with her in the 80s. Um, <laughs> but it's about these these kid, kids who went to the summer camp when they were growing up, and now they are adults. They've been invited back by the summer camp's owner who brings to bring them back because he is selling the camp and it's his last week. Hmm. So it's, you know, these kids revisiting and nostalgia, it's got good stories and good characters and, and a lot of very good talented actors and pulling off these roles with Alan Arkin kind of centering the whole thing. He's the counselor uh, guy. Uh, he, yeah, he's the, the owner of the camp. Gotcha. Um, and there was this really great character called stick. Who's kind of characterized as like a dummy and a simpleton. And he does some really great slapstick where he's always driving the boat into camp and he always crashes it into the dock a little bit. <laughs> and at one point he drops luggage and does this whole thing where he's like trying, he's got his hand out on a boat as it's pushing away from him. And he's trying to grab luggage as he's getting stretched out further. Really great classic slapstick. Very good physicality. And I was like, man, that guy is great. Why don't I know who he is? And I looked and it's Sam Raimi. It's actually him. <laughs> and it's Sam Raimi plays a character called stick coder. Oh, what a weird uh, transition there it from crawl to great, Indian summer. <laughs> some amazing slapsticky funny man kind of stuff and is really good. That makes sense. Him and Ted Raimi, his brother, like they're just kind of good at that shit. Um, so yeah, Indian summer is one of them. And the other is uh, in my exploration of YouTube. And I think that you'll like this one, German. Mm hmm. So YouTube channel, the geek zone, you can search that all as one word or separate words. You're going to find it. The geek zone. Uh, and this guy does in-depth character analysis theory or surrounding Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. And he uses art and then supplements it with uh, images and video from Lord of the Rings online ah. to show you characters and locations that you otherwise wouldn't have a visual for really great production value. He covers origins and histories of everything from trolls and orcs to some of your favorite characters like Galadriel and Gandalf. Um, and just does really good in-depth analysis. And I highly recommend him. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan or if you want to know more, German, I bet you you would get a kick out of these. So he got an all-inclusive title, The Geek Zone, and he only talks about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's ballsy. He does a couple <laughs> other things. There are a handful of other things in his videos, but it's other, it's almost exclusively Lord of the Rings. Well, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings, so that makes a lot of sense. Check great. it out. Highly recommend The Geek Zone on YouTube. And I must say, I, I love checking out your past recommendations. Um, the What was the alien one from last week? Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, Earthling Cinema. Earthling Cinema was really fun. I watched a few of those videos. It was great. Um, <laughs> and one of our past recommendations, I have to say, the Nerdy Show's Cthulhu, Call Cthulhu Mystery Program, they thanked us on Twitter for um, reviewing their show. Um, so oh, it's, cool. Yeah, it's, just, uh, it's good to spread the love around to all of our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, everything. Uh, we always appreciate people doing the same kind of stuff we're doing. So thanks, everybody. Yeah. 
And what's your radical recommend, Jeremy? Uh, my radical recommend is uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Amazon show, yeah? Uh, actually, Netflix. Netflix, Netflix. Uh-huh. And um, I... I actually heard a review first about this on the Rusted Robot podcast. Uh, Sean Vanderloo had talked about watching it and being like, interesting. And I, I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out eventually. And what made me want to watch it is because every episode, there's like 18 episodes, but they're like from anywhere between 7 to 15 minutes long each episode. And they also range from animated to uh, live action that's covered in um, in computer animation, if that makes sense. It's like they had um, live actors like like you would with um, the guy who played Gollum. Uh, yeah, then, like motion capture kind of stuff. Yeah, motion capture. That's what I was looking for. And they, they go through 18 different versions of animation in some form or another. Right. And that, that not all all different. There are, some of them are similar, but um, there's, uh, there's all different stories that have to do with something with robots or, or future. There's a couple that are just fantasy, um, but just different animation. But they're all for adults, not for kids. It's even though animated, it's there. It's not. Uh, there's a lot of nudity, a lot of violence. Um, but some it's of them really great violence. Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. Oh, OK. You said you weren't sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. But uh, so you've seen all the episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm still on the last three I haven't watched yet, but um, there's some that are just like disturbing, some that are just like, huh, that's weird, and some of them are like, that was a great fun time, and other ones are just like, that's a Twilight Zone kind of episode. So I I'd highly recommend it for, um, especially if you're like you want to watch something for 15 minutes and go back to work, that kind of thing. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and so, they range from like seven minutes all the way up to 18, I think. Yeah, and that's a it's a fun thing to watch for a little bit. And there's some known actors you'll see kind of passing through some of the episodes. Um, you'll recognize their voices or their faces from the motion capture. So, um, yeah, love death and robots on Netflix. It's a good watch. Won't take you too long and you can kind of watch it over time and just little bits here and there. So check yeah. it out. And I think All that's right. it and for you, our episode, isn't it? Yeah. There's no thank you sections. You rap <laughs> bastards. <laughs> People have been engaging with our posts. Steve's been posting a lot. I've been posting yeah, a little that's bit. True. We've been getting a lot of attention. Yeah. So we appreciate that folks. Thanks for engaging with us. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Join us again next week or the week after, whenever the hell, uh, for more nerdy fun. We will keep coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep coming back and being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. How.